that gets kind of. Um, but we're, this is what we're going to we're going to try to do. I'm going to try to give you a snapshot, as I promised, of Revelation, and I need your help. Okay, so this is what we're going to do. Last week we talked about uh, what heaven was like. We talked about two judgments. We talked about the judgment seat of Christ or the beam of judgment, where those that are believers are judged. Heaven was not a question. You've already made heaven. This is just what you did uh, with what Jesus gave you. So you were judged on that. The second was the great white throne judgment. Those that did not receive Christ, um, that's what we talked about there at that judgment. So uh, before that, in the week, the first week, we talked about the rapture. We talked about Jesus' return and the believers meeting him in the air. And so if you'll help me today, I'll make you a deal. If I preach hard, I want you to respond loud. Can we have a deal? All right, here we go. Now, this is my job today. I'm going to try to cover the book of Revelation in 30 minutes or less. Yes, what I'm saying. But we're going to do it in such a way that I think it's going to help you. Um, We're going to try it anyway. But um, how many, if you're, uh, let me, if you think Revelation, if you've ever read any part of it, you think it's kind of creepy. Okay, yeah, me me too. Um, So because it has dragons and beasts and multiple heads and lions and tigers and bears, oh my. Uh, it has ten horns, light stands, two turtle, partridge in a pear tree. It has a lot of stuff in there. It has symbols. Everything means something else or stands or represents something else. And so when people read it, they kind of get creeped out. But I want you to listen to what I'm going to say. I want you to hear my heart today. Um, if the revelation in the very book, it says if we read it uh, and we hear it, we're blessed. Um, that God wants to bless us for doing that. So... Um, if I do this right, I want to build your faith. That's my, that's my goal today. Revelation is simply the revelation or the revealing of Jesus Christ and the unveiling of Jesus. So this is all about him. Turn to your neighbor and say, this, this whole book's about Jesus. Okay? So I'm, we're going we're gonna to do this in a way that builds your faith and that you can understand. I'm going to give you a little bit of backstory now, all right? I'm going to divide this into five sections. This book of Revelation, we're going to divide it in five sections, telling you the theme of each section of the chapter so that you kind of have an idea. So when you read it, I'm going to challenge you before this is over that you'll read that book. It's going to take you about 45 minutes to an hour to read the book um, of Revelation. But anyway, here's here's where we're going. We're going to talk. I'm going to give you some backstory. It's written by John. John is one of the original 12 disciples. If you remember, Judas hung himself. Well, now, John, we take John out of the picture. You have 10 left. The 10 that were left were all martyred because of their faith, because they saw Jesus raised from the dead. They believed in what happened. They saw it. So if you're a skeptic today and you're saying, you know, I'm not buying this whole church thing, just know that the 10 of the original 12 gave their life for something that wasn't real. I don't think so. They saw him after he was killed. They saw him and they believed it and they were martyred for their faith. So now we're talking about John. This is the guy left. It's about, six, uh, about 62 or so years after the resurrection of Jesus, the, the years around 95 AD. The emperor at the time, he was, he was commanding and, and demanding that everyone uh, worship him as God. And John says, I've seen God and you ain't him. That's not going to happen. And so basically he takes John and he puts him, he exiles him to this island of Patmos. And that's where John uh, visits an, an angel. He was in a cave, and, and if you go there, I guess you can see the cave where John wrote the book at. I've never been there, but that's what they say. But that's what we know as the book of Revelation. In chapters 2 and 3, they are actually letters to the seven churches of Asia Minor from Jesus, and the book was initially letters to these seven churches. So I want to break it, as I said, into five sections. 
And I want you to be encouraged to kind of look at what we're doing today and read it in the, in the, the meaning of this is all about Christ. And we're going to give you kind of those different, different things. Uh, if this makes any sense, for me as a father, I am I'm a father to my children, so I act as such. Does that make sense? If I'm being the father, I'm going to do the father thing. If I am the pastor of the church, I'm going to be the pastor, do the pastor thing. If I'm the uncle, I have nieces that are in the building, I'm going to be the uncle. Um, you know, if I'm Kim's hubba hubba hunka hunka, I'm going to be the... You just missed a really great... Pl- Thank you. Thank you for that one amen here in the corner. Appreciate that. <laughs> okay, so we're going to look at Jesus in each of these sections. And remember, it's all about him. It's all about, this is the theme of that section. So are you ready? All right, so I want you to give God a big shout for the next 10 seconds. Can you do that? (laughs) All right. Our first section and our first point today is Revelations chapter 1 through 3. Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. And the theme of this is Jesus is returning soon. Revelation 1, 7, and I'm going to read this. Behold, he's coming with clouds and every eye will see him. Even they who pierced him and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. This is not the first return. Okay, Uh, he comes back. This isn't what we looked at in week one. This isn't the rapture. He's already taken the believers. This is him coming back. Remember in that first week, it was like a thief. All the people were like, where'd everybody go? Now, everybody's seeing him come back. All right. So this is the first time he came for his church this time he comes with his church so that's what's going on right now every eye will see him revelation 1 8 i am the alpha the omega the beginning and the end says the lord who is who was and who is to come the almighty alpha is the first letter in the greek alphabet omega is the last what he's saying if we were putting it in today's lingo instead of you know the alpha and the omega he is the a to z word to the father See, don't you love a white guy trying to be cool? I'm just helping you. This is what he's trying to tell us. He's trying to say he's the beginning, the end, the first and the last. He's saying, if you know me, you don't need to worry. If you know that I wrote this book, I got this thing covered. He's saying, I am who I say I am. That's, he's, he's just restating he is the great I am. He's written the entire, bo- the entire book. He's the author, and he knows what happens on the last page. Revelation chapter 1, 14 and 18. Check this out. Listen to this description. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow. His eyes like the flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace. And his voice is the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars. Out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Don't be afraid. I am the first and the last i am he who lives and who was dead and behold i am alive forevermore amen and i have the keys to hades and death so you know as you look at that you're like brad how do you hold seven stars remember everything is not literal it's not literal it's not meant to be taken that way there's a ton of symbolism if you read on john says the seven stars they represent seven angels of the seven churches and jesus writes to and those in chapter two and three the double-edged sword isn't some circus trick he's not pulling a sword out of his mouth like you'd see at ringling brothers barnum and bailey it's talking about the word of god it represents the word of god he goes on to say that john fell at his feet as though he were dead now i want you to understand john was the disciple jesus loved jesus 
you know, he loved his disciples. He, God loves everybody. How many knows that? He loves everybody. But Jesus also had three of his brothers that were closer. James, John, and Peter. I mean, these, these were dudes that hung with him. John knew Jesus because he walked with him. He ate with them. He broke bread with them. They did ministry together. Jesus said, John, go do that. Yes, I'll go do that. He knew him. And he knew him as just this partner in ministry, as as who Jesus represents, the Son of Man, the Son of God. He knew him that way. And now he sees him not like his buddy, not like he saw him before. He sees now who Jesus really, the Alpha, the Omega, and he falls down at his feet and says, wow, because of the glory is so strong. You know, I, it just amazes me. Sometimes when we, we get so used to being around someone, we forget. Even in our own selves, in our families that we're thankful for now. How really great we have it. We take so many of us each for granted. And I think there's part of that just because we do life together. John did life with Jesus, and, and so he understood, man, this is cool. He saw Jesus weep at Lazarus' tomb. He knows. He saw Jesus get frustrated. How long must I be with you? Bring the boy to me. I mean, think of the things John saw. And now everything that Jesus talked about is happening. Jesus tells John, he puts his hand on John and he says what he needs to know. He, he tells him that they couldn't keep him dead. He tells him death couldn't hold him. He's alive forever and ever. He holds the keys of death in Hades. And so in this first section, he's the Alpha and the Omega, the soon returning king. Would you give God a shout today? Our second point in section two of Revelation is chapters four and five. And you ask yourself, who's Jesus in these chapters? And this is our second point. The answer, he is the Lamb of God. Jesus is the Lamb of God. 28 times in Revelation, Jesus is called the Lamb of God. So the main theme is that he is the Lamb of God and he's worthy to open the scroll. <clears throat> what does that mean? When you read it, you're going to see that God is on a throne and in his hand he holds a giant scroll sealed with seven seals. It's kind of like the last will and testament. It is like the future of what's coming. This is what's going to happen. And John wants to know what's in that scroll. But there's nobody that's worthy to open that. They can't find anybody in it. It's weighing on John. He's seeing that. So he breaks and he begins to cry. And then an angel says, who's worthy? And they can't find anybody. And then he sees the lamb. Revelation 5, 6 through 14. says, and I looked and behold, in the midst of the throne... And of the four living creatures in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns, seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. Then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him. This is him taking it from God who sat on the throne. Now, when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures, the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp, golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures, the elders. The number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom, strength and honor and glory and blessing. 
every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such are there in the sea and all that are in them I heard saying blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever then the four living creatures said amen and 24 elders fell down and worshiped him who lives forever and ever you see this might not mean like man I'm, I'm not bread it's there's so much there But I want you just to go back. I want you to understand this is what's happening. This is what John is remembering. He remembers. Do you ever have something that gives you a flashback? Something that all of a sudden, man, it triggers your memory. You're like, oh, or you smell something and you're like, smell that. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now. I could if I think I could smell what my mom smells like. Now, that might sound that's creepy. But you know what I'm talking about. I know what my grandmother smells like. And she is with Jesus. Because I've nestled with my grandma. She's helped me when I was a baby. She helped raise me. I know that smell. John's mind is flashes back when he sees and he hears this term, Lamb of God. He remembers John the Baptist, who declared it before all of this. Well, actually, this is written before all of time, but you know what I'm saying. He declared it to them. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And the people heard that. And in that that moment, that second, locked in their mind and in their spirit, John is reflecting back. They also at that time would remember the Passover. The Bible's very clear about that. If you remember the children of Israel, uh, the, the death angel was passing over and they put them in rooms and they took the blood of a lamb and they put it on the doorpost corners and in the center of the door and the blood would run down and it would look like a cross. But those that were in those rooms, the death angel would pass over and they would be spared. The symbolism is amazing. The Old Testament is foreshadowing the cross for the New Testament, the Lamb of God. So when John says he saw the Lamb of God, it brings hope to all people. Then they start remembering like when he's telling them he's writing this book, they're saying, I remember, I remember that happening. Because it's written, it's in their history. It recalls, there is hope. This is happening. That's our Jesus. He is the Lamb of God. He's the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Are you in the building this morning? Hallelujah. Point number three. Jesus is the righteous judge. The main theme is this. He righteously judges the earth. He righteously judges the earth. Section 3, this is Revelation chapter 6 through 18. If you're wondering where the mark of the beast, the Antichrist, number 666, you read these chapters, 6 through 18. If you want to freak out a bit, read them at night before you go to bed. (laughs) No, don't do that. But this is Jesus, the righteous judge. He judges the earth. And here's some high points. I'm going to give you some. They're going to be behind me. If you're taking notes, you can look at those. I'll throw in some scripture. They don't have all the scriptures. They're just going to have the points. Uh, the temple in Israel is rebuilt. Revelation 11, 1 and 2. Antichrist or the beast uh, rises and institutes the mark of the beast. Revelation 13, 1, 14 and 16. Antichrist is killed and raised to life. Revelation 13, 3 and 4. And if you are just looking for Antichrist, they are... Uh, uh, synonymous with the beast so you can find the that's what they're talking about god appoints two witnesses to perform miracles and preach the witnesses are murdered then raised to life revelation eleven three through 13 now i'm telling you what these guys are studs and there's uh you know they say who they think these guys are 
And rather than me go into depth, I'm going to let you find out. They're studs, and they can cause it to not rain. They can send plagues, and if people come to mess with them, they can do something that is wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. I'm telling you, they can just boom. And you want to know what that is? You're going to have to look. So you're going to have to look in the book and find out what they do. But they are studs for the Lord, man. These guys are on a mission, so you need to read it for yourself. Um, Antichrist assassinates uh, world leaders and moves forward to a one-world government. And that's Daniel 7.24, Revelation 17.12-13. And then the Antichrist is defeated at the Battle of Armageddon, Revelation 16.16-19. As you read those, and before you freak out or anything, remember that Jesus is the righteous judge. And there's three different judgments. And I'm going to go through those, uh, and again, uh, just trying to, to keep us on course here. Um, the seal judgment is number one, Revelation 6, and then Revelation 8, 1 and 2. There are four riders of the apocalypse, moon turned blood red, bloodshed from war, quarter of the world die from famine, plagues, and wild beasts. That's all in the seal judgments. Then the, the next set, the trumpet judgments, Revelation 8, 2 through 9, 21. Revelation 11, 15 through 19. Hail and fire mixed with blood fall from the sky. Poisonous locust attack. One third of the vegetation destroyed. Third of the water contaminated. Third of the sea creatures die. Third of the light lost. And a third of the world dies. This is a bad time. Remember all during this time, God still gives his people the chance to repent for their lives. There's still some grace given even to the middle of these judgments. You got to understand as we're watching this video, when I first saw the video, I'm probably things going through your mind that's going that went through mine. What's that little boy doing there? Because I I started saying, well, he wouldn't be there, would he? Okay, you got to remember all this stuff gets nasty after three and a half years. Tribulation is seven years. Once we're raptured out of here, seven year tribulation. This all stuff of what was happening there is all in the latter part of that tribulation. That little boy looked like he was about three and a half to four years old. That's what I'm saying. So, you know, if you're wondering that, because I was like, okay, Lord, I'm not getting that. Here's our last bold judgment. Revelation 16, 1 through 21 says, Sores appear on people with the mark of the beast. Water turns to blood. Everything in it dies. Sun scorches people. Devastating earthquakes hit. A hundred pound hail crashes to the earth. You see, many people hear this and they're like, that's not fair. That's not fair. God, that's not fair. We talked about that last week, and this is indeed fair. We talked about sins that were not covered by the blood of Jesus have to be paid for. Listen to how quiet that is. Sins that have not been covered by the blood have to be paid for. You might be saying, They got away with it. They hurt me and they got away with it. No, they did not. God doesn't wink at sin. This is indeed fair. Deep inside, we know that wrong deeds need to be punished. You know that. My kids know that. Your kids know that. You know, if, if they do something wrong, we, we punish them. Is that not true? It's just how it works. But, you know, and, and there's something that happens. We just don't, and we don't, it doesn't feel right till it's taken care of. Amen? That's why when you repent, you feel that release. You confessed it. God took it away. It's gone. That's a beautiful thing. 
My, and I have wonderful kids. I love every one of my kids. And I, I'm going to pick on my son, Sam. But uh, you need to understand, he was, he's so tenderhearted. With Sam, I could look at him and if he got caught and just tell him, I'm really disappointed in you. And he would start crying. Because he didn't want to disappoint me. But I just loved him. Him and I have always been really close. I'm close with every one of my kids in a different way. But he would cry big crocodile tears. And he would be telling me something. God does something special with mothers. Because you carry a kid nine months, I don't know, you got some kind of frequency or something that we don't have. You know stuff and we don't have any idea. I, w- I could be totally convinced. He could be crying, Daddy, I'm so sorry. And you know, like, I didn't do it, Dad, I didn't do it. She could stick her head in and go, he's lying. And she somehow would know. And I just, I'm like, God, I don't know, I don't get it, but... You know, God has, but there's something about when that is taken away. When, Father, I just give that to you. Some of you are listening to my voice today and you're saying, Brett, you you don't even know what I've done. I don't have to know. But he knows. It's not like he just turned his head. He knows. And it's been accounted. And it can be taken care of because you don't want it to happen here. That's the thing. This is all up to us jesus already did everything you won't send yourself well people say this god if he loves it he won't send me to hell he won't send you to hell you'll do it we got to get this stuff taken care of i'm not trying to be hard and heavy i'm telling you what in the next four weeks you come next week four weeks all i want for christmas i'll be a jolly happy elf then ho 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 We'll end on the Sunday right before Christmas, and it's going to be a great series. God's going to do some wonderful things. But you see, this is, this is a time in history where God says, listen, this stuff wasn't covered. It's got to be paid for. So he says, through Jesus is judging the world for their sinfulness. Angel affirms it for John in Revelation 16, 5. I heard the angel of the water saying, You are righteous, O Lord, the one who is and who was and who is to be, because you have judged these things. Who is Jesus, church? He's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. The Lamb of God, the righteous judge. Would you give it up for Jesus? <laughs> Here's section 4, Revelation chapter 19 through 20 who's jesus in this section i like this section he's the king of kings and lord of lords the main theme of this section is jesus returns with his church revelation 19 11 through 16 says i saw heaven open and behold a white horse good guys are always on white horses <laughs> got silver bullets no it's not but they're always on white horses And he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like the flame of fire and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood. His name is called the word of God. And the armies in heaven, that's us, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on. I get a ride one too. Well, keep Bill on his own horse. He can get off mine. Get on, get your own horse. Well, Bill's doing a good job. Clothed on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it 
he should strike the nations and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written king of kings and lord of lords. He's got that written on him. Now listen. This is not a candidate that you can put in or out of office. You can't impeach him. You can't get rid of him. This is stuff that's going to happen. He is the Lamb of God. He's the righteous judge. He's the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He's Jesus. Oh, man. Here's our last section. See, we went through this so quick, so already we're doing well. Revelation chapters 21 through 22. He is the bridegroom and we are the bride. The main theme, Jesus takes his bride to the heavenly city. Revelation 21, 9 through 10. Then one of the seven angels who had seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me saying, come, I'll show you the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. This is the new heaven and new earth we read about earlier. Jesus is the bridegroom, takes us the bride with him, and he comes back to get us. And then he takes us to the new heaven and new earth where there's no more crying, no more mourning, no more pain, no more suffering. There's no more anything that's bad. It's all gone. This is all good. New heaven and new earth doesn't even need a sun or a moon because Jesus, he's just, he lights up everything. He is the, that's right. I mean, he is just, he is, his glory takes everything. There's no shadow. It's just God's glory. It's just Jesus. Check it out. Revelation 21, 23. The city had no need of the sun of the moon to shine in it for the glory of God illuminated it. The lamb is the light. That's pretty, that's pretty amazing. Now see, there's chicks in the building today. And this is why, yeah, chicks. Guys, do you ever get, have to watch chick flicks? <laughs> oh. But see, the chicks are like, I love that. He's coming back to get me, my prince. And the guys, all the dudes are like, we got to be a bride. <laughs> but the way the book is, is, I mean, we represent the bride. He's coming back to get us and take us to this new city. What's he saying at the end of the book? The same thing he said at the beginning in Genesis. I'm coming back for the people, my people. Revelation twenty two seventeen. the spirit and the bride say, come and let him who hears say, come and let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. What are they saying? Come on, if you're thirsty, there's plenty to drink. You see, Jesus says in Peter that none should perish. He doesn't want anybody to perish. Actually, hell was made for the enemy and his demons. It's not made for you. And he doesn't want you to go there. Don't go. Parties canceled due to fire. Don't go. There's, you know, there's people, it's amazing what people do, you know. Well, we're just going to be, mm, it's going to be a good time. No, it isn't. Have you read the book? I don't think weeping and gnashing of teeth is a good time. And it just gets worse. I don't want to live through seven years of tribulation. The first three and a half, there's going to be people, I'm telling you, we're going to be gone. There'll be people like, oh, that's not so bad. Just wait, baby. Because things are going to get worse. Jesus said, I am the living water. If you taste me, you'll never thirst again. 
There's people that are in the sound of my voice today that are saying, I need something. There's people in this city that have been addicted to heroin or addicted to this or that or whatever. You need something. Let me tell you, I'll tell you what you need. You need Jesus. That's the only thing that will fill that. You can't fill it with drugs. You can't fill it with sex. You can't fill it with wrong stuff. You just can't. It's got to be Jesus. It's got to be Jesus. It's got to be Jesus. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Because with Jesus, there's no condemnation. There's no guilt. You're clean. You're free. And God wants you that way. You can finally live life the way he wants you to. The Bible says, oh, I'm about ready to run. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of, let the, redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the people, you know what redeemed means? I'm going to tell you what redeemed means. Redeemed means put back to its original state. Put back to what it was needed. God is making stuff for you to put you back the way he intended it in the beginning. He wants you with him. He wants your family with him. He wants your kids with him. Your kids' kids with him. He wants you. <laughs> Revelation 22, 20 through 21. He who testifies, surely I'm coming quickly. Even so, Lord Jesus, the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you all. Amen. Maranatha, remember that in the beginning? Maranatha, he's coming. He's coming again. Maranatha, he's coming. Our response, come Lord Jesus, come quick. The book ends with grace, unmerited favor with God's people. You can't be afraid. Whether you believe this or not, it's going to happen. You need to, God, help me. You know, sometimes I, I go away and speak or go away and do whatever and I come home. I still have in my phone a picture. They made a sign. Welcome home, Daddy. Welcome home. So when I came home and I see that sign over the door and the kids were just like, Dad's home. I can't tell you what that does. My kids to this day, they're, you know, 28, 25, 23, and 19. And to this day, they're not afraid to say, I love you, Dad. They're not ashamed to hug me in, in the presence of their friends. They're not ashamed. You know why? Because they know my love for them. I, you know, I, I love my children. I, I love them. I would do anything for my children. And from the time they could understand stories, I told them stories every day. My boys are close to me. My girls are close to me. My wife is closest to me. But I, I love them. And I remember Zach would just be little. He's four or five years old, maybe six. Sammy, you know, he's, he's down there. Sam, Sammy just being a pair of cowboy boots with their boots pointing the wrong way in a diaper. <laughs> Probably eating something. <laughs> Sam was classic. Dad? I need my diaper changed. <laughs> Kim! <laughs> Get the shower running. <clears throat> but they would say, I'd tell them stories about God. I'd tell them they were the lightning boys and the girls were the thunder girls. And we made up all these great stories of how they triumphed and the Holy Spirit and God helped them and they beat enemies of all sizes and shapes. And I remember Zach with those beautiful eyes. He had eyelashes that were, if he flapped his eyes, he could almost fly. And he looked at me and he says, Dad, when Jesus comes back, are we going to fly like Peter Pan? 
I said, yes, we are. I said, we are. And he's, oh, man, he's all in. Yeah. And Sam is like, good, good. You know, it's all good. Mallory would ask me stuff. She'd say, Daddy, what if we're not together? You know, what she was thinking, what if her and Mommy are shopping and we're over here, me and the boys are home and her and Mommy are shopping. I said, as quick as you can blink, we'll be together. She goes, quick as I can blink? I said, as quick as you can blink. And this is what she would say, do you promise? I said, I promise. That's all it needed. Listen to me. You need to get with God. Because as quick as you can blink. He's coming back. And we get to do this. You can't ride my horse. <laughs> That's my horse. But I'll, I know he'll have one for you. Hang on. Get ready. Get excited. If you're here this morning and you're saying, you know what, Brett? I've not been so good. I could wear that t-shirt too. But I know that I love the one and serve the one that is good. And he takes all the bad away. Would you bow your head and close your eyes?